Hey, welcome everybody to Downtime with Jacob and Greg. This is our first episode. Uh, thank you for clicking on it. I'm Greg. I'm Jacob. This episode, we're going to talk about everything Joker. So the new movie Joker came out um, a little bit ago. So. And Greg, I got a I got a joke for you. What's up? What do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that treats him like trash? I don't know. You get what you deserve. Mm. Find out what that means right after this intro. All right, welcome back. Thank you for sitting through the intro. Greg, to start off, what did you think about this movie? You know, my initial thoughts on the movie, I came out of the theater very shocked. Um, and I didn't know what to think. Um, so just a little bit of background. I work in res life, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking about all the mental health and stuff that residents go through. Right. And how... Um, with the, I, I can't remember what the lady was called. Who did he go to at the beginning? Just some therapist at Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that's right. Um, and the funding got cut, so mm-hmm. he had nobody to go to. So I just thought in my head, like, it, I related it to Res Life, and if they didn't have anybody to go to, like, how it could spiral like that, and how they don't really feel like they could have anybody to go to, and like, I don't know. My brain went to the worst spots. Yeah, I think that is the worst case scenario. Yeah. I'll be honest. Um, spoiler alert, by the way. We're going to be talking about spoilers. Um, I was... Uh, 30 minutes in is where, where it really got me on the subway scene. That was when like I was mm. really hooked. Yeah. Um, at the very beginning of the movie, I was just trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've only seen Joaquin Phoenix in... Like one other movie, and that was an M Night Shyamalan movie. Okay, good movie. Um, I just don't remember the name of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I was trying to figure out, you know, how he was going to approach it. Um, of course, the previews I thought looked awesome. Mm-hmm. That was what really hooked me on it. Uh, seeing this brand new Joker look, uh, but I just didn't, I didn't know what to expect until he shot those bankers on the subway. <laughs> I mean, yeah. then I was just like, oh my god. Yeah, you know what I really liked about the movie is that. It didn't feel like a superhero movie. Like, it, it really felt like a standalone story. Um, right. And it was kind of just like a background of, of Joker. Yeah. Um, but it didn't necessarily have to be Arthur Quinn. What is that his last name? Arthur Fleck. Arthur Fleck. You're thinking of Harley Quinn. Yeah, I mixed both of them together. Um, but it really didn't have to be the Joker. It could have been any story, mm-hmm. um, which is what I really liked about it. Also, the cinematic quality. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that for, for so, a little bit. I think my favorite, like, bit where it was just him was definitely the stairway scene. You know, mm-hmm. the, the meme that everyone is sharing around. Um, definitely whenever he's dancing. Uh, just the, I don't I don't even know how to explain it. It was so amazingly shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the, you know, they kept on cutting in and out from full body to close up to show his emotion of it. Because that was at the end of the movie where he was just, he didn't care anymore. And he was fully confident. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, at the beginning of the movie, you see him dancing and he's like doing it in private, trying to hide. Uh, but, at, you know, at that point, he's out in the open, fully expressed with what he wants to do. Yeah. I, I did like that scene a lot, too. I also like the one um, he's like putting on his makeup in mm-hmm. the mirror. That one looked really cool because they had to make sure that they didn't get the camera in the background. Um, 
and the the emotion that he was able to convey through that. And then the single tear rolling with the blue makeup. Right. Uh, yeah, I think that is what really sells his look. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, he has this disease where he's always laughing, and he's in so much pain, but he can't fully express that. Yeah. So he's just constantly laughing, but he'll he'll be crying or angry at the same time. Yeah. And it's just, uh, I think that single tear effect really added on to that emotion aspect. Um, what did you think about the twist at the end? So, like, um, when he was on the cop car and then it went to the scene of the the white room and him with that person? Well, no, I was more thinking of uh, how his interaction with Sophie, all of his interactions, didn't happen. Well, that's a theory. It's a theory. Right. Even though it, it clearly showed it in the movie. The thing. Oh, the thing with the, the lady down the hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see. Sophie. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know her name. Yeah. I really didn't think they told us her name, but... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was crazy. Um, I definitely picked up on it throughout the movie a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but after he like went in the apartment, I was like, "Oh man, what is gonna happen to this lady and her kid?" Yeah, um, and it was it was just really sad because you can tell that he just snapped. Like he didn't give give a care in the world right. about anything. So he just, I guess he killed him. They didn't show it on screen. That was like one of the only murders. Well, that... no, I don't think that they're I don't think they're dead because the actress who played uh, Sophie, um, I'm, I think it's a. Zazzy Beats. She was in Deadpool 2. She played Domino. Oh, um, that's why I know her. Yeah, uh, I think she confirmed that her character was alive. Oh, really? So I think it was he just got out of there because he didn't want to hurt her. Probably because of the memory, uh, his false memories in his head. Mm-hmm. Um, For those that don't know, well, I guess you wouldn't be listening to this if you didn't watch the movie. But right. just to give a recap, um, this is the lady who he went to the comedy club with and had, like, the date with and then mm-hmm. went to go see his mom in the hospital. Yeah. Um, but it turns out that it was all just made up, just in right. his head. Which, I mean, it makes sense because, you know, he didn't have anywhere to go to get really his medicine. I mean, he was able to get some medicine, but then he stopped taking it. Right. And we don't really know. I don't remember when he stopped taking it. It was, I think it was when they lost funding and the lady was like, yeah, we're closing down. The psychiatrist or psychologist. But yeah, honestly, I'm not entirely sure when that all happened. I know he said something before he killed, uh, he killed the clown that gave him the gun that right. started the whole uh, thing into motion. Right. What did you think about that whole dramatic shift as soon as he killed those guys? Like... Do you feel like, you know, it was really, tr- like, hold on, let me, let me go back. How did you feel about the way his mental health was presented in the movie? How did it make you feel while watching the movie? I felt very on edge the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is he going to do next? Um, and I was, you know, this, this was the first movie in a very long time that had me completely involved and, in, like, really just thinking about the movie the whole time rather than, oh, I'm watching a movie, I'm in a theater right now. But it it immersed me into the movie. So I was just so concerned about him the whole time and how how was he going to deal with his mental health issue um, when he really didn't have anybody around him to talk to about it. Yeah. Um, and people, 
like one of the opening scenes was him on that bus um and then he burst out into laughter and then he handed that card to the lady in front of him and there was no sympathy no empathy mm-hmm. nothing it was just oh this this guy's a weirdo mm-hmm. yeah um so i i really felt for him which is really like that's good cinema if if i'm feeling sympathy or empathy for the bad guy per se yeah um so i really like that what about you so for me <clears throat> you know it kind of gave me that sense of like i was just sad the whole time mm-hmm. you know what i mean like you know people were treating him like crap and he was just going through life with these challenges you know he's having to take care of his mother at home right um and taking care of a sick parent and while having a mental illness can be extremely difficult, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. And I think they played that off well. I mean, he has a good, well, had a good relationship with his mother <laughs> before, uh, you know, he killed her. Yeah. Um, but I think, I don't know, it was just, I think they played it so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that they did in that movie was amazing. It was a, it was a good step for DC to really branch out into these you know, it was DC's first R-rated film, from what I really, uh, from what I think. Okay. Uh, from what you think? <laughs> well, I mean, Deadpool was Marvel, right? And that was Marvel's first R-rated movie. Okay. I believe. I, I don't mean, know. Anything before, like, Spider-Man that came out in 2002? I don't know. Yeah. Because I mean, that I, was like my first Marvel movie I saw. Well, not Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Marvel superhero movie gotcha. on the big screen. Yeah. Um. So going back to the mother, um, what is your theory behind the whole? Is he um, Bruce Banner's brother? Like, no, what what is your theory behind that? Not Bruce Banner. That's that's the Hulk. Oh, uh, that's Bruce Wayne. I meant Bruce Wayne. That's so, what I meant. Look at me, confusing. <clears throat> I know, man. I know. Uh, so <laughs> Thomas Wayne uh, in this movie is kind of seen as the villain. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and they don't usually do that. No. Because you think Thomas Wayne, oh, Batman's parents got killed, which they showed. And honestly, I think they showed that just for fans to be happy. Right. Um, did you did you ever think that Joker was going to be the one that killed his parents? Hmm. Really? I had that theory going throughout the whole movie. Now, in Michael, like in the Batman movie that Michael Keaton was in, the one that Tim Burton directed, mm-hmm. uh, it was Joker before he became the Joker who killed his parents. Got you. Because he had this saying, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? Mm-hmm. And that was like what he said before he shot both of uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the whole theory of Thomas Wayne and Arthur's mom, Penny, I believe that's her name. Don't quote me on that because I, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a week or two since I've seen it. But yeah. um, that whole theory, it could make sense. But at the same time, it did show that, you know, Penny was kind of senile she also had mental issues and there were uh there was a file that arthur had gotten from arkham that he stole from uh the file keeper Mm -hmm. um that showed that you know arthur was abused as a kid and penny let it happen also abused him uh with her uh abusive uh, boyfriend at that time Mm -hmm. um it could make sense because you know Thomas had fired Penny 30 years ago, or however long it was. Uh, and I believe that if that theory is kind of relevant, 
prevalent, whichever word is the <laughs> right word to use here. Uh, Thomas and Penny may have had relations. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of him being adopted, it could have been just something else that uh, Thomas had changed in the files. Yeah. Because um, he has so much influence on the city because he's one of the richest men in Gotham. Right. So he could have done something with the files to make it never trace back to him. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought that he would, like, doctor the doctor the documents. Um, yeah. All in, all in all, great movie. I really just enjoyed every minute of it after the first 30 minutes. Yeah. The first 30 minutes, I don't know what it was that didn't really sell me into it. I think it's because, you know, it was kind of slow-paced for a reason. It right. It was really wanting to build the aspect of Arthur has this daily routine you know, he goes to work. He's a clown. It makes sense with his disease. Um, he does his clown business. Um, and then after that, uh, he goes back home, checks the mail to see if Penny has received a letter from Thomas Wayne because mm-hmm. she's always writing him. Uh, every day there's no mail. He goes upstairs, uh, takes care of her, gives her a bath, talks to her about Thomas Wayne, uh, watches... Uh, that late night talk show with uh, Murray. Murray. Um, and then he goes to bed. I mean, that's his daily routine yeah. all the time. And he's trying to write uh, stand-up material because he wants to be a comedian. Um, which, even without seeing this movie, people who know the Joker character, one of his backstories is, is he's a failed stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. And uh, they really showed that uh, in the movie. I think they did a really good job with it. Because whenever you first see him, it seems like he's really killing at this comedy club. And then it turns uh, it turns out he didn't because there was a video on the late night show with Murray. I just don't know his last name. Um, where Freeman, he, right? Murray Freeman? Is that his name? Possible. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's on this late night show with Murray. And, uh, well, Murray shows the stand-up clip. And uh, Arthur tells his joke, doesn't get a single laugh from the audience. Mm-hmm. So clearly he's not a successful stand-up comedian. Murray Franklin is his name. Murray Franklin, thank Murray you. Franklin. Thank you for looking that up. Um, so he goes on the, you know, Murray Franklin. This is this movie's set in the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a time before clips really become viral. It's only if a, a tape is brought into a TV show or a network and says, right. here, this guy did terribly at this comedy show. We should roast him on air, <laughs> and then that be it. Yeah. Um, what was really cool about that one is that when we initially saw the scene, it was from Arthur's point of view. Right. Um, so to us as the audience, we thought he was killing it. We yeah. thought he was doing great. Um, and then they go to that that scene where it's being shown on the the Murray show. Right. Um, and it's just like silent in the in the place, in yep. the club. Um, which I thought was great cinema. Like yep. being able to lie basically lie to the audience and then later reveal a bunch of stuff to us that was like, no, that's not what actually happened. Yeah. I loved that part. Yeah. What do you think about you know, Arthur's journey from you know, being this no nobody pretty mm-hmm. much and you know he wasn't even trying to start this revolution right but he did 
Mm-hmm. Uh, he unintentionally started this revolution by killing those three bankers on the subway because they were messing with him and he had the gun. Right. So, you know, shot one in the head, one in the chest, and then he hunted the third one down. Which right. like He was that, trying to get away. Yeah. Yeah. The the third guy was just injured and you know he had been shot but he was trying to crawl away mm-hmm. and Arthur had hunted him down and killed him. Right. Which that was like that was when I was on the edge of my seat, like, oh my God, mm-hmm. this is awesome. Um you know, he he saw all this attention that the killer clown was getting. Right. And then he, you know, took the clown persona to a whole new level mm-hmm. and then he went on the Murray Franklin show. And then he admitted it. What do you like? What do you think was in his mind throughout that entire journey, from being a nobody to be the prince of crime? Is pretty much what he is. You know, I don't, I don't think he was starting to or wanting to start a revolution. I don't think he cared at all what people perceived of him. I think that he just snapped, and that he was tired of people treating other people a certain way, and the fact that. Murray Franklin was somebody that he looked up to and watched every single night with his mom. And then the fact that he got that video and humiliated Arthur on national television, mm-hmm. um, I think he just snapped. And he was like, you know what? I'm going to get back at him. I'm going to have the last laugh in this one. Um, and I think that's his whole his whole thing is getting the last laugh. Right. I think initially that he didn't plan on killing Murray, though. Really? Because uh, you remember when he was practicing going on the show, he was like, he said a final knock-knock joke, and he was holding the gun to his chin. Right. So I think his— You think he was going to kill himself? I think he was going to kill himself on the show, and then that be it. But I think during the interview, after he admitted to killing the three bankers, Mm. um, and, you know, Murray was just constantly, like, badgering him about all the crap that has been going on because of what he did on that subway. Okay. Um— I think, you know, that's what caused him to really kill Murray on live TV. Which, by the way, that's where the joke comes from, from the intro. Oh, yeah, I guess we never explained that part. Well, I mean, we had to wait (laughs) until the end, of course. Um, But, yeah, that's where the joke comes from in the intro. Uh, The final joke that he said was, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that treats him like trash? Mm. And that line right there, well, of course, the the next part is you get what you deserve with Mm -hmm. a nice extra word in there (laughs) um and those two lines really i guess sum up the whole story of his like one bad day Mm -hmm. that caused him to finally snap you know what i mean like he had one bad day with those bankers and then they were just constantly like they were hitting him kicking him he was on the ground right and then he just turned around like he shot him from the ground right and yeah. that's when he snapped and I think like, I mean honestly if if that went to court he was really just self-defense in that in that case right um but the fact that he like hunted the guy down yeah. and the and then he like ran away it, it made it into a crime yeah so I think he unintentionally did the best self-defense case and then ruined it at the same time yeah exactly but then again, 1980s, he couldn't really prove that. Mm-hmm. And also because he has that disease, they're going to lock him up. They were probably going to lock him up in Arkham anyways. That's true. So in the comics, it's called Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Um, and then in the movie, they changed it to what? Arkham State Hospital, 
What do you think the point of that was? I think because it's not necessarily Arkham Asylum yet. Okay. Maybe. Um, you know, you think of Arkham Asylum, that's like where Batman's biggest villains are, and they always break out of Arkham Asylum. <laughs> right. So I think because they're cutting the funding, uh, I think it's going to be bought out by a private company. Okay. And that's probably why, like, you know, people could escape so easily, honestly. Because private companies are usually bad in comic books. Mm. So I think that's probably the main reason why. Gotcha. So another thing that I wanted to discuss was, um, so the fact that Bruce Wayne is so young... Bruce Wayne, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just, I didn't want to use the banner again. Yeah, because that's Bruce, the Hulk. Yeah, that's the Hulk. So Bruce Wayne is so young at this point, and Arthur is what, in his 40s or something like that at this point? I think 30s. 30s? Yeah. Um, so, like, do you think he's the same Joker that um, soon to become Batman's going to face? So, the Batman movie that's coming out uh, is taking place in the 90s. Okay. The one that has Robert Pattinson in it. Oh, yeah. So it's plausible that it could be the same Joker. The idea with the Joker, and I like, I watched uh, Gotham whenever it was on TV. Mm-hmm. And the way that they played Joker, <clears throat> excuse me one second. The way that they played Joker was is that, you know, there was one original clown, right? But he started a revolution that anyone could basically be Joker. So kind of like they did in so kind of like movie. yeah so uh, kind of like they did in that movie where everyone is wearing a clown mask. Right. Uh, anyone could be the Joker. It's up to someone else to take the mantle after Arthur is gone. Hmm. I feel like Arthur will be uh, a part of the Batman universe. They're going to try and rebuild. Uh, maybe one or two movies, and then it's going to be another character, another actor taking that mantle. Um, but anyways, I think. I don't know. I, I hope it's the same Joker. Uh, it would be cool to see how he interacts with a Batman character. Right. Um, because he, like, if I were that kid, I'd be traumatized by Arthur because he, like, grabbed his face when he first met him and, like, did all this weird stuff to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, the weird, let's not say all this all weird right, stuff. All right, all right, that's fair. Grabbing the face was the weird stuff. Right. We don't want to make it too... He tried to make the kid's face into a smile. Yeah. Um I don't know, man. I really don't. Like, I I hope that you see Joaquin Phoenix's Joker against uh, a Batman at mm-hmm. some point. But at the same time, I really didn't miss Batman in this movie. No, I like, didn't at all. Honestly, this is the best. I'm going to go out and say, for me, this is the best DC movie I've seen. Um, but I, I think this is the best DC movie, in my opinion. I would say this is one of the better standalone movies that has uh, come out recently. Okay. Um, it, not just specifically DC. Well, yeah. Um, right now, like, in terms of... All right, let me rephrase it. It's the best standalone comic book movie that has come out recently. Okay. Because in the past three years, it's been... Okay, all right. No, never mind. I don't want to say it. Well, no, I think you I, might I be... Wanna, I want to change what I just said. Well, I think you might be onto something, though, because I feel like... Most of the Marvel movies are very plot-driven. Right. And the difference between that and what we have here in Joker is that this is very character-driven. Right. And very, what is he going to do next? I don't even know. He doesn't really have, like, a person that he's going after. Like, he does. But 
his journey is really like how he develops as a character and what yeah. makes him like snap basically I would agree with that I was gonna say that in terms of standalone movies here in the last few years it's one of the top three for me yeah um, you know Spider-Man Homecoming came out in 2017 mm-hmm. and me as a Spider-Man fan like that was an awesome first like outing as Tom Holland Spider-Man yeah um, best Spider-Man by the way yeah yeah. well I mean we could talk about that for all we'll talk on, about yeah. we'll talk about Marvel in a different episode yeah but um, in terms of DC I will agree like since probably the Dark Knight that came out in 2008 mm. and that's been 11 years now and it just so happens that it's two great jokers this is just gives more detail about this joker yeah Heath Ledger's joker didn't need detail because he was just this big presence that mm-hmm. like it, you know it was easy to fear him but also kind of enjoy him at the same time because you know he was just you know a great storyteller the way that he portrayed the joker you know always having a, a different origin story so he was mysterious yeah whereas this one you're kind of getting an idea if this is a quote-unquote true origin story for the Joker. Right, because at the end they kind of made it open-ended. Like, did it really happen? Is this like, oh, this is one way it could happen, but it's really up to you Yeah. type thing. But But I'm not sure. I mean, I do do agree with your overall point that this was a great character-driven movie. 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 Murray. Murray. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was, like I said, the first 30 minutes, I don't know what it was. I think I was just kind of being negative about it because it was a DC movie, and mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, here we go. Uh, they're going to try again. <laughs> but uh, no, it really picked up speed. Uh, I think if I rewatched it, I could go through the first 30 minutes and appreciate it more Yeah. because of the rest of the movie. Yeah, and um, you were, earlier you were talking about how it was kind of slow, but yeah. I th- I think everything about this movie was very intentional, because I feel like people say it's quote unquote slow, but I really think those parts were put in there so that you can have time to think, time to yeah. like really analyze what's happening, and for you to kind of come up with some conclusions on your own. Yeah, rather than everything being given to you. Right, because instead of it being you know one thing after another, mm-hmm. snap snap snap, you know it was, all right, here's something. What is he gonna do next? Here's another thing. Twenty minutes. Here's another thing. Yeah. And then yeah, I think it. I think it was good like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, overall, I'd give this movie a. Uh, I think a nine out of ten. It was. Um, for me, it was the shock factor. I don't normally watch gory stuff, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm docking off one point. Um, but overall, fantastic movie. Um, don't I don't necessarily agree with all the things that happened in it of course i mean you know people died right but the experience that i had watching it was fantastic because it hadn't happened in years um so i would i would recommend going to watch it but with caution that there's going to be a lot of violence in it it's rated r for a reason um obviously don't bring your kids to it right um but yeah what, what would you rate it so it was a very enjoyable watch uh I liked how Joaquin Phoenix kind of took this role and made it his own. Um, of course, the director, Todd Phillips, he directed the Hangover movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you knew that. Um, yeah. And uh, it was weird seeing how he went from this comedy shift to this serious, dark, gritty, but also kind of funny movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would give it maybe also a nine. It was a very enjoyable experience. Um, I, I still like Avengers Endgame is still up there for me in terms of enjoyment factor. Okay. Uh, because I, 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 you know, I grew up watching that since I was eight years old. Yeah. So I mean, it has it had nostalgia. Yeah, in that it's one. like nostalgic, sentimental. But this overall is a great uh, viewing experience. Uh, definitely don't take your kids to see it unless they're, uh, I would say, 15 at the oldest. Yeah, definitely have to have some maturity and be able to grasp that, yes, this is a movie. Yeah. Um, don't go out and do these things, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 9 out of 10. Yeah. I would agree with that. Cool. All right, well, everybody, thank you for listening to us. This is Downtime with Jacob and Greg. Mm-hmm.